Hello and welcome to the RBC Broadview Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoy this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. All right, Um, so this is the final week on our series on the book of Jeremiah. So Jeremiah is a book in the Old Testament that was a collection of the sermons and the proclamations of the prophet Jeremiah um, as he spoke out the messages of God to the people. And over the last few weeks, we've heard about the story of the people of Jeremiah's time. They were exiled, they were taken away from the land that God had promised them. They were under rule of the foreign power And together we've explored some of the major themes in this book. We've explored lament, confession, and shalom. And we've heard some really great messages on these themes. If you've missed any of them, you can catch up online or on your favorite podcast app. Um, As Jeremiah proclaimed messages from God to the people, we've explored what God is saying to us today. These themes are God's messages to us. Jeremiah didn't just speak to the people's current situation, but he spoke out messages of hope, the message of the gospel and God's coming kingdom. Jeremiah was calling the people back to God and bringing hope in the midst of their exile. And so this is the final theme from the book of Jeremiah, hope. What do you think of when you think of hope? What images come to mind? A little while back, Andrew bought me a particular indoor plant. I'm a great lover of indoor plants, um, but have had mixed success over the years in looking after them. Um, Some indoor plants have thrived, some have found their way to the compost. Um, And this particular plant did okay for a while, um, but then it just seemed like it had just given up and died. Um, And it was just some like dried twig thing sticking out of a pot. We were going to throw it out, but then we moved house, and somehow, in all the packing and the gathering of things together, it ended up at the new house with us. Um, And it sat kind of out of the way for a while. Um, But I noticed that there was one particular spot in our lounge room where plants were doing quite well, and we'd had this plant that had just kind of ambled along and then burst into flower. So we thought, this is our magic plant spot. I'll give this plant a go in that spot. So Andrew repotted it and we stuck it in this spot Um, and to anyone else it was just this bunch of dried sticks. I had a friend of mine who's like an indoor plant aficionado, her entire house is full of plants and she came over and she laughed at me, she's like what what is that? Um, Because it was quite an obvious spot in our lounge room Um, and I'd just about given up and I saw this. One tiny little shoot poking through. Hope. The plant started growing and growing. And I was actually going to bring it along with us today, and I, and I forgot it. Um, but I started sending my friend that laughed at me weekly photographic evidence, which is why I've got detailed photos of the plant. Um, and that was updates on its progress. But hope was starting to build. Hope when it all seems like it's over. It's an image for hope, something bursting out of the ground. 
And in Jeremiah's time, uh, the people being conquered and taken into exile was not only a national crisis, but it was also a theological crisis and a cultural crisis because everything that they knew, everything that they valued, everything about their identity was taken away from them. And they would have been questioning where God was and what their future was. They would have been feeling pretty hopeless. And like the people of that time, it can sometimes be hard to see hope. We live in a broken and hurt world and sometimes it doesn't feel like things are gonna get any better. How hopeful are you feeling at the moment? So much going on, so much that we see every day around us, poverty and disease and pandemic and cancer and slavery and climate change and injustice. We shared some of these things together on our first week in Lament. In the midst of all of this, how hopeful are you feeling? Only yesterday I heard about the very sudden death of a former colleague of mine um, and he'd been a real support to me in my very first job as a teacher. And the suddenness and the sadness of this um, reminded me again of the brokenness of our world. Um, Andrew and I recently worked our way through a um, TV series um, about an English football team. That it was his choice. Um, um, and the team were always losing um, to the point that their very existence in their league um, <laughs> was threatened. Um, they were going to get downgraded. Um, anyway, they came up for their final match, and this was the one that was going to decide their placement in the big leagues. Um, and the newspapers started writing headlines about them, and the headlines said, it's the hope that kills you. Basically, that they, all their supporters and all their crowd were holding onto this pointless, useless hope, and it was just going to kill them in the end. Um, because holding on to empty optimism, putting your faith in the ability of a football team who have not proven themselves previously, empty optimism, allowing room for space, for disappointment can get exhausting. But real hope, the hope that we have is not empty optimism. Hope is a word filled with so much meaning. Like Elspeth shared this morning, I'm also a bit of a grammar vocabulary nerd, and I love the way that we have words in English that have so many different shades of meaning. And we can say, I hope you have a good weekend, or I hope you feel better soon, as if hope was some kind of vague wish, and it's a bit of a throwaway line. But hope in this context, the hope from God that Jeremiah was delivering the message of God to the people is so much stronger. This hope is an expectation of future good, not a vague wish, but looking toward something with confidence. In the Old Testament, the two main Hebrew words that we translate into the English word hope both talk about waiting or expectation. One of these words literally refers to the tension or expectation when you pull a cord or an elastic tight and then you wait for it to spring back. This hope has the potential for so much strength. Hebrews 6 calls our hope in God an anchor for our soul. And we just sang this morning about Jesus being our living hope. It's a phrase from 1 Peter 1, which says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So what is different about this hope? Why is our hope in Jesus different to empty optimism? And why, why is following Jesus? 1 Peter 3 refers to following Jesus as the hope that we have. Why is Jesus our living hope? Number one, because despite our circumstance, God's character doesn't change. So I might have the slides in the wrong order. <laughs> the writer of Hebrews tells us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is faithful. He has been faithful in the past and will continue to be so. God is constant. We can have hope no matter the circumstance because God doesn't change depending on circumstance. He is always creator. He is always provider. And often when God spoke to people throughout scripture, he would do so, rem he would do so by reminding them of what he had already done and therefore of the value that they held. He would say things like that, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. This is what I've already done for you. This is who I am. And this is our relationship together. Number two, hope doesn't depend on everything being resolved straight away. The exile of Jeremiah's time lasted 70 years. And this meant that there were people who were taken into exile who never saw a return to their homeland. This didn't mean that God wasn't faithful, but that our hope looks forwards. For the people of Jeremiah's time, we heard last week that God's message to them was to settle down and build houses and be good citizens and pray for the peace of the land. And in one way, that message would have been pretty discouraging because it meant that they weren't going to be getting out of there anytime soon. Nothing was going to be resolved immediately. And where is the hope in that? And we might feel like, where is the hope in our current situation? But just because things weren't going to be resolved immediately didn't mean there wasn't hope. Real hope calls us to look beyond our current circumstances and fix our eyes on our ever-present, ever-faithful God. And number three, the third reason why our hope is different is that the message of hope found in Jesus is for the renewal of all things. It's not just for now. The people of Jeremiah's time had a covenant, a promise with God. The message of hope found in Jesus, the gospel, the good news, God's new covenant means that we have forgiveness of sins, an opportunity for relationship with Jesus. The overall <clears throat> broad view um, of God's redemptive plan is that he is making all things new, setting things back to right. This is the coming now but not yet kingdom, the renewal of all things. The message of Jeremiah spoke not just of a return from exile where people would be able to return to their earthly homeland, but of a time beyond this when all would be set to right. This is where our hope comes from, the message of Jesus, of God's love so much that he gave his son for us and is bringing all the world, all of creation, back to restoration and to right relationship with him. And we can read this in um, Jeremiah 31, 33 to 34. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. 
I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbour or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. We don't just know of God, but we can know God. We can know the God of hope. So we don't just have to strive or try to be hopeful, but we can know the hope that is found in him. And as we seek to live this hope, to live in this anticipation, this expectation of God at work in the world, we are called to build communities of hope. We can come together as a church family, as a community, to encourage one another, to remind each other of the faithfulness of God, of what he has done and what he is continuing to do. We can be communities of hope. We are called to be people of peace, people of hope in our present world. How can we encourage one another and remind one another of God's faithfulness and share this hope with those around us? I'm going to do something that's a little bit different to our usual rhythm at Broadview, um, so bear with me. Um, if you've been playing along for the last couple of weeks, you'll know that this series from Jeremiah is something that we've borrowed from Richmond Baptist. Um, and this week's, um, uh, this week's borrowing um, was a poem. Um, and the poem is a beautiful poem that's written by Melinda. And I, um, poetry isn't something that um, comes naturally to me. And, and I tossed up... Um, whether or how to do this. Um, but I've been really struck by the message of the prophets because the prophets didn't just come and bring information or teaching or messages. The prophets came to bring inspiration and emotion and it was God speaking to the people to, um, to connect emotionally at a level that wasn't just information. And poetry is something that conveys that emotion and that inspiration beautifully. Um, so this poem beautifully draws together the messages found in Jeremiah 31 um, and the messages found in the unchanging character of God, but also those of the gospel and the now but not yet kingdom. So I'm going to um, read it through. Um, as I do, think about what images come to mind. What images do the words invoke in your spirit? How does it make you feel? What does it make you think about? You've got a pen and paper and you want to write it down. Um, that's great if you just want to um, sit. Um, but I think that this conveys beautifully the message of the coming kingdom. So we'll give it a go. The prophet has a final word for the people of the Lord and that word to be heard is simply this, hope. A beautiful word to encourage and inspire, announced to those still stumbling in darkness with only glimmers of light. A word painting a vision of grand anticipation echoing to those still bruised from the fight. In a world turned on its head, called to respond, yet still mistrusting their call. People yet walking the road of isolation, desolation, called to cry out as they seek consolation, lamenting the brokenness, breaking the silence, 
silencing the doubts, doubting the darkness, confessing anew all that is true about who they are and what they have done and the character and purposes of the God who always remains true. People persistent in the faith they live out, a faith that is confident, tenuous, tentative, consistent, planting seeds of peace, while earnestly seeking peace in the deepest seated fears of their own lives, standing in the gap between what is and what could be, who they are and who they long to be, between a world broken and a world invited. It is hope that bridges this chasm, that lights a path forward, that can burn in our bones and swell in our hearts. And so, into the confusion, the aching, the uncertainty, the waiting, Jeremiah comes with a vision of transformation, an imagination for all nations, an invitation of restoration founded not in new revelation, but in the ancient covenant promise of their nation, I will be your God and you will be my people. This covenant established in the distant past, renewed and regenerated by each new generation, called into question by exile and defeat, affirmed and confirmed once again, by the God who has not been defeated, whose supremacy is unquestioned. This covenant that framed the very shape of their nation has not been bent out of shape by its destruction. It stands in this day and it stands for forever, for it is founded on his promise and faithful presence. And so, Jeremiah's message is not finished. His words have not ended. This prophet who has lived the full grief of his nation's story, from complacency to rebellion, judgment and devastation, deportation, exile, foreign lands, separation, has a vision for the season that echoes far beyond even the seemingly distant horizon of return to the land, the temple's restoration. The biggest dream they can conceive is a drop in the ocean of the plans and purposes of the God whose imagination birthed all things into being and whose covenant extends to the renewal of all creation. Refined through this fire and fired up through this refining, they are loved with love everlasting, embraced with kindness unfailing. True rest, true Shabbat, God says. Find peace in that which the Creator is recreating and rebuilding, restoring and reforming. Picture a gathering of those from the north, joined by those from the south, the west and the east, the furthest corners of the earth, the distant shores, nothing, nowhere, and no one beyond the scope of his reach, gathered in worship, dancing with joy, young, old, middle-aged, men, women, and children, priests, prophets, and sages, the blind and the broken, the deaf and dejected, excluded, forgotten, overlooked, and rejected, weeping together, but not tears of sorrow, flooded with rivers of deepest delight, working together, flourishing fields in the desert, overflowing with oil and blessing abundant, enjoying the shade and the fruit and the wine of the vine, justice and mercy, all things set right, the oppressor confessing, the exploiter transformed, the exploited and browbeaten healed and restored, led by God's hand, feet firm on level paths, linked arm in arm in step and in rhythm, no more need for teachers, no role for the preachers, God himself fully present in their midst, known fully and fully known. See, says the prophet, God is doing a new thing, all people together praising his name, enjoying his blessing, sharing the same, the weary refreshed, the faint satisfied, the covenant filled full once and for all. 
set up a road sign, put up a guidepost, be sure to mark out the path. When God shows you the future, he is preparing. You don't want to miss the turn. Lift your eyes. Can you see the vision the prophet paints? What God has always dreamed. They, his people, he, their God, fully and finally, completely, entirely. You know, Jeremiah's hope stretches far beyond what he knows. I wonder if he wondered just how far it would go. His words echo down through the centuries. The hope they declare is glimpsed anew in the brightness of the coming of the sun, in the splendor of the pouring out of the Spirit, in the light to the nations of the commissioned disciples, in the lives of his people in every age, as they long for and live towards and shine into its unfolding in each time and each place. And this hope is made manifest in the vision of another prophet revealed in John's revelation. We name revelation, the inspired unfolding of our sure horizon and hope, the climax to the grand narrative of redemption and rescue when all things come together and all things are renewed and we come face to face with the one whose face has always been turned toward us. God dwelling with his people and his people dwelling with him. The covenant filled fuller, every tribe and tongue as one. No mourning, no weeping, no sickness, no sin. The lion laying down with the lamb. The lamb who is the lion seated on the throne. All worship, all honor, all glory, all praise. The golden city, a renewed Jerusalem. The healing garden, a restored Eden. And the one who proclaims, behold, I am making all things new. So we're invited to lift our eyes to the furthest vision our Father has given, to wait, breath baited for that great date, when what we see now with eyes of imagination, the resurrection our bodies ache toward, the renewal our whole world groans for, will be the transformation of all things restored and the reality of our eternity forever and forevermore. So how does this hope sustain us, remain in us, constrain us to speak out, to reimagine and restore the way things will be, to paint pictures with our words that invite God's people to paint a new world with their hands and their feet. For we are the prophets, the poets, the dreamers, called to see what our year, world yearns for but cannot name to live out this hope with faithful teaching and imaginative preaching, declaring and reminding, envisaging and inviting, to be truth-tellers, vision-shapers, gospel-sharers, peacemakers, weavers in our time and place of the eternal story of the God who holds time itself in its palm and is drawing all things together in his plan. Reframing the story our world tells itself about what matters, with the story of our world's creator who made matter in the first place and to whom it all matters. Every creature, every person, each moment, each life, each tribe, every tongue, each depth and each height, calling hearts back to the one whose heart beats for us, that our hearts may beat in unceasing rhythm with his. This hope, it sustains us. This hope will not disappoint us because it rests not in our words or even our imagination but in the living word, the image of the invisible made visible, the creator and sustainer of all things, the renewer and reformer, the savior and redeemer, the one through whom and in whom and by whom all things are and were and always have been and all things will be and will be and will be. 
the prophet has a final word for us, the people of the Lord. And that word to be heard is simply this, hope. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.